What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house with a friend of mine. We podcast together in the past, Chris Bello. He is a college graduate that quit his corporate job three years in. He wanted to take a hold of the reins of life and write his own story. After struggling with one side hustle after another, he went all in on residential real estate, where he has quickly caught momentum. Chris is also the host of the top-rated business podcast, The Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast, where he documents his journey and interviews incredible guests. Chris's motto is less dreaming, more doing. I love that shit, man. Come on now. Welcome to the show, Thank Chris. You. I got to trademark that, man. I, I don't know. Maybe someone's going to steal it. Nike's going to steal it or something, but I love it and I appreciate the opportunity. So thank you for having me here. Look, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on and, uh, and share your story. We get into the ingredients of who our guests are, what, what ingredients have gone into making the guests that we have on the show. But we always ask the question to start. What are you made of, Chris? Man, I, I love that. A question. I'd say, obviously, like anyone else, I'm made up of the experiences, the failures, the lessons, the, the connections that I've made over the course of my life. And that gives me hope because I can always change that, right? I can change my story. I can change my environment. I can change who, who is in my life, right? If I don't like the people around me, I can change the people around me like I did when I moved from Houston to Denver this year, just to change my environment, to try something new. So I think there's a lot of power in that. We're made up of our experiences and our connections. But at the same time, that doesn't define you. You can always recreate and reinvent yourself. Love that, man. You know, actually, I, I go through this sometimes and it's short lived in my head because I know how to fix it. But some things come up like, you know, a setback or something happens and you're, and you're just like, oh, man. And you feel like it's the end of the world. Yeah. And or you feel stuck in certain situations, which none of us are. It's a decision that you can do whatever you want. It's just what are you willing to give up to get unstuck? You know, and I, I mm-hmm. love that. Sometimes you got to move. Sometimes, like you said, you got to eliminate people from your environment or add people to your environment. It's a matter of figuring out yeah. solutions to problems and, and what are you willing to do? And the problem comes when you're not willing to change or give up something. That's when you get stuck. So I love that Absolutely. you said that, man. And uh, yeah, so tell us about your, your life, man. Like growing up, like where'd you grow up and uh, what was life like as a kid and your, and your family and all? Yeah, man. So I guess I'm relatively, I'd say, I think I'm still young. I hit the 30s, you know, I'm 31. I got plenty of life ahead of me. Hopefully, knock on wood. I'm like, where's the where's the wood? I'm gonna knock on that real quick. But you know, did the corporate route. I got a college degree. I did what my friends all did and what my family wanted me to do. Right, joined a couple of clubs. I did the honor society. I was in like volunteering organizations, Hispanic Student Union, and I never really stopped to think like, what do I want? Right. We don't really ever stop to think that. Sometimes we're like going through the motions, and got the job. Thought it was the dream job. And then three and a half years in, I'm like, well, I'm not passionate about this. I can't see myself doing this for 40 more years. How do I get out of this rat race? Right? I'm tired of literally sitting in a cubicle in Excel all day, talking to four people every single day, like three meetings a day. You know, it, it was just very 
it didn't sit well with me, especially the micromanagement component. And so like you read in the bio, I did quit the job. I pursued several side hustles that you know weren't working. I got all the entrepreneur books. I listened to the podcasts and I'm trying to do 15 things at once, right? Serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Obviously, none of them are working. I'm making like five bucks here, losing 50 there. And it wasn't until I got very focused and made a decision like, hey, I'm going to become an expert in real estate that I started to actually see traction. I focused, I put the blinders on, and I tuned out all the noise. And that's what I've been doing for the last several years, as well as the podcast, which of course I had you on. That was a, that was a fun conversation. Uh, we just passed a million downloads this year. So seeing some progress and momentum. And awesome. it's been a fun journey, man. I can't wait to see what else happens. You know, I'm just here for the yeah. ride. How many episodes in are you? 314, three, I think 317 was today's episode. And now, so do you remember like the first, like, first episode and then the first few? Would it like, remember what that was like? Like, as you were, first of all, when you decided yeah. to have a podcast, like, what were your thoughts when you, like, when you first started? Did you know anything about podcasting? Like, tell us about how that started. No, man. So I have a, a dog and two cats, and we were staying in this tiny house at the time. My, my now fiance, she was my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, it was really echoey, like tile and wood floor, laminate flooring. So everything echoed. If she wanted to do the laundry, it was like on the other side of the podcast room. So for my first few podcasts, I'd go sit in my freaking car in the driveway with like a lapel mic recorded to the voice memo app of my phone. I remember, man, I'd be sitting there like, hey, okay, this podcast episode, I'm trying to hold the mic close to me. In this podcast episode, it, it was it was terrible, right? I'm just reading off of my notes at that point. Yep. Like today's episode, I'm going to talk about, you know, Tony Robbins and his motivational book. And and it's changed so much since then, but you gotta get you get you gotta get started and get uncomfortable, right? It was through the reps that I became better at speaking, better at speaking impromptu, right off the cuff. Yep. Um, and I kind of found my voice. Like I, I got tonality and stuff, ups and downs, whereas before I was super monotone. That was always my feedback at Toastmasters. Great presentation, but you're really monotone, Chris. And I'm like, damn it. I don't know how to not be monotone. I guess I wasn't <laughs> passionate about what I was talking about, maybe. Yeah. I mean, look, passion gets you out of that. Like, There's yeah. no way you can be monotone when you're passionate, <laughs> excited about That's something it, or whatever, man. No way. No way. And, and it's also a transference right. of energy. Like When I have my podcast and when I go That's on other it. people's shows, I want to light their asses up <laughs> and yeah. I can't light people up. So I think it's that intention too. It's not just passion, but intention of what are you trying to accomplish, right? So Absolutely. how has your life changed? And I'll get to the real estate in a second though, but like, because I know I'm asking these questions because I've been through this with the podcast and I know, but I'd love the audience to hear your take on this, but well, how's your life changed? What has happened to you and because of the podcast? And the podcast has opened so many doors, as I know has happened for you as well. The access that you get to people, you know, you have the platform. You're not begging for their time. I'm not like, hey, can I please speak to you for 30 minutes? It's like, oh, you're reaching out to me. You'd like to be on my show. That's cool. That's an interesting dynamic because if you've got a platform and people are coming out with books and they've got their, you know, TV shows or whatever it is that they're coming out with, it's in their best interest to jump on a bunch of podcasts to promote it. So that automatically opens the door for you to get access to amazing people. I just had a podcast earlier today. Come to find out that girl also lives in Denver. She just connected me to someone else who lives like five minutes from me. I'm like, cool. I'm going to have another podcast connection who's a business owner in town. And that's how the doors just get open to you because you've got access to almost like this elite club. Like If you're a podcaster, we're on the same wavelength and there's not a whole lot of us compared to YouTubers and bloggers and all those other things. right? So that's what I've seen, man. I can almost reach out to anyone I've connected with and get an introduction if I need to, right? Ask a question to them. You get access to these people. 
and you become friends. Mm -hmm. Do you know the numbers on YouTubers versus podcasters? I don't know. I don't even know. When you mentioned that, I just thought about that. I'm like, man, I wonder what the ratio is. I think I remember hearing this on a Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn. He was talking about the stats. I don't know the exact numbers. I can pull them up and I'm not sure how accurate they are, but so many people have a YouTube channel, at least to watch, right? You need an account just to watch and comment and troll people at least. Um, (laughs) You know, you got to have like that random funny picture that just doesn't make any sense, even to talk crap on someone's video. But like podcasting is still very new. A lot of people are hesitant. They're like, well, it's saturated. Everyone's got podcasts. But in terms of when you compare that to how many people have blogs and websites and Facebook pages, it's still in its infancy, even though it's been around for, I don't know, over 10 plus years. Yeah. But yeah, I'll see if I can find the numbers while we're talking and let you know because well, that's that'd be very interesting. You don't have to. I was just wondering if you knew, but that's fine. But you know, yeah. I don't know what like do you do yours on Zoom? I can't remember. Yeah, I do yeah. all mine on Zoom as well. I know there's StreamYard yeah. and you know Pod- Zencaster and stuff, but I like the video component and it's just easiest so far for me. Yeah, me too. But I'm moving to Fireside. So I just decided that the okay. other day. I'm gonna yeah. try it out. And uh, I got invited as one cool. of the creators and I just feel like there's an opportunity for a newer platform and I know who's behind it with Mark Cuban and Fallon and they're just good people. So I thought, man, let's give it a yeah. try and have a live audience. And I'm not a fan of like live streaming on um, the StreamYard and then Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But like, I want it to be a place where somebody goes and it's like, that's why they go there. Not right. scrolling on YouTube, uh, Facebook and then it just pops up and I'll catch it then. No. Like Fireside, promote it. The show's going to be there. And then we can even have like you can even have bigger guests, like yeah. bigger ones that you can pay to come on because you're going to be able to sell tickets to it. Like it's cool because you can sell tickets to your podcast. That's so cool. I don't know if you knew that on that. Um, have you heard of Fireside yet? I think I've seen a few people talking about it. I haven't honestly looked at it. It's almost yeah. like you know blinders on. When I don't want to get so focused on something that I miss out on the trends, right? Like where I'm like, no, I'm not going to get on yeah. Clubhouse because there's no opportunity. I'm focusing here. Yeah. So it's definitely something I'm going to look into. I'm going to write it down right now. Yeah. If nothing else, just to be like an observer and just check out what other people are doing. And but I, sure. I just I just made that because I'm on, on Clubhouse. I have my podcast here, but by switching over to Fireside, it does the same thing as this. It's just another. It's I like could do kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. So, but yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you. So, talk to me about, about real estate. Did you get a real estate license first? Is that how you got into real estate, or what? What was the initial intention with real estate? Yeah. So it's funny because I, I worked in oil and gas, quit my job, tried a bunch of things. And then I don't tell a whole lot of people this part of the story because it was so short. It was almost like I was joking the other day. It's like that relationship that was three months and you're like, let's not even, let's say it didn't even happen, right? It's <laughs> such a short period. It's just a blip. But there was a period where I got kind of afraid and I'm like, man, I'm blowing through my savings. I haven't really made any significant income. I don't know how to make money just yet. So I did get an oil and gas job again, pretty easily. I'm a good interviewer, but it didn't take too long for like two weeks in. I'm like, man, I hate it here. Why did I do this again? And I actually got fired from that job. Like four months in, they could just tell I was disengaged. I didn't want to be there. And so I got fired from that job. And that was the wake-up call for me to be like, you know what? F this. Why am I wasting my time trying to go back to what's comfortable? You know, close to six-figure mm-hmm. paycheck, benefits. Like, I don't need any of that. I don't love it. And I'm determined to figure this out. And that's what really forced me to just be like, all right, I don't know anything about real estate. I'm a complete noob in this area. It's not my degree. I didn't study it like I did with supply chain in college. Uh, how can I find some mentors? How can I get my foot in the door? And I started listening to, you know, you may have heard of this podcast for anyone who knows about real estate, Bigger Pockets. Mm-hmm. And I heard a guy on there getting interviewed who was actually a house buyer in the Houston area. And he went to my university. So I'm like, bingo, 
this dude went to my college. I'm going to play that card. And he lit, he works 10 minutes from where I live. I'm going to work for them or with them. I'm going to offer to work for free just for the, members, the, the mentorship. And that's how I got my foot in the door. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. And now you say he was a house buyer. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. So uh, it's something called real estate wholesaling. They okay. kind of just call it house buying company because a lot of people are like, what the heck is wholesaling? But yeah. pretty much you're the middleman. You know, you find the deal, yeah. you got a list of buyers, you connect the dots. Yeah. So wholesaling, you actually get a contract and you just pass the contract over. Is that how it works? Or Exactly. It's like, hey, I talk to the seller, I get it under contract at 100. I find a buyer at 110, we make 10 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so why don't more people do that though? Is it like when they do that, are they finding uh, buy or sorry sellers before they even think about listing, and they they're like reaching out to them saying, "Hey, I'll buy your house right now," before they're even thinking about it? Yeah. So sometimes, like it's a lot of times people who are in a, some kind of motivation. Maybe they're three months behind on the mortgage, or they're just kind of embarrassed. They don't want to reach out to the realtor who helped them buy the house because they're like, "We're getting divorced. Things aren't good. We're we're underwater." It's a conversation that it's kind of hard to have, so they just kind of reach out sometimes these homeowners to investors who are willing to pay these houses uh, cash, right? And close fast. That's the benefit. It eliminates the pain point. You don't have to tell the neighbors you're moving out or talk about why. You just get rid of the house, you move out, and you're on to the next journey of your life. But a lot of wholesalers, a lot of people are hesitant to get in because there, there is a little bit of a knowledge barrier. What does the contract look like? How do I talk to the seller? When I get the deal under contract, how do I sell it to a buyer? What does that look like? How do I not have the buyer go around me, right? So there's a lot of little variables in there yeah. where it sounds easy when you're watching a 10-minute YouTube video, but when you're in it, you're like, man, there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So take us through this because I know a lot of people have heard of this before. Yeah. So let's say, okay, first of all, marketing-wise, is it, like, is it marketing via cold calls, mailers, things like that? All of the above. Yeah. yeah. Cold call, text messages, ringless voicemail where like your phone doesn't even ring, but you get a voicemail. Yep. Sly it's dial, like, hey, we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Sly dial, sly broadcast is another yeah, vendor yeah, yeah. as well. There's all kinds of methods or even just pay-per-click or if you've got really good SEO, people type in sell my house fast. At the top, you're going to see a couple of websites usually uh, on something like Carrot is like the host for a lot of these website providers with people offering to buy your home real fast. And they show all the testimonials, the proof of concept and why, why it's better to do that if you need to sell fast than to go work with a realtor. And then what's an average commission or average margin that you make wholesaling? I know I'd it say, can vary, but like yeah, it probably varies by market. But um, from what I was seeing in Houston, you know, fifteen thousand dollars assignment fee. My biggest deal was a thirty-two thousand dollars spread. Right, but then generally, average fifteen was in Houston. And then, how do you avoid the buyer going around you? So that you you want to really develop a great relationship with your buyers. If you've got a solid buyers list, like if you know this guy buys all the properties from you, it only takes like one time of screwing you over for you to never work with that person again, right? So maybe they. They pull one under you, they get a great deal, and they go around you. You'll never work with them again, most likely. And the chance is they don't want to do that because if you're really good at finding deals, they're just going to want to work with you because it's very difficult to find deals consistently. And the buyers are generally investors. Is that generally what? Yeah, buyers are generally investors. Maybe they work full time in oil and gas. They've got money they want to put aside, and they're buying rental properties. We had a lot of the, you know, being in Houston, lots of oil and gas, full time job, and they're just buying rental properties inside. 
And, and do you ever list the property when you wholesale? So that was an opportunity. Both the owners of that company I started off with were licensed real estate agents. But in many cases, they're like, hey, you know, stay in your lane. We're only going to deal with wholesale properties. If it's going to be a listing, they could refer it out to another real estate agent and they would just collect a referral commission whenever the deal closes. Right. But how do you like, how do you not get caught with a deal like and not have a buyer for it? Like, is there ever a situation that happens? So sometimes buyers, I guess buyers look at the comps as well. You know, you have your comps, you're like, hey, this house is worth this. We estimate it needs this much in repairs. Sometimes you see eye to eye with the buyer, sometimes you don't. They're like, you know what? You're saying it's worth 300 fixed up. I think it's probably worth 280K fixed up. And if you don't have much margin in there, you don't have 20K of margin because you have a certain price with the buyer. Right. You're trying to make your, or with the seller, you're trying to make your spread. The buyer doesn't want to pay what you're asking. You know, the, the seller won't budge and come any lower. That might be a situation, or maybe even if the seller doesn't have enough equity, they may just have to list the property because uh, you're like, look, we'd have to buy this house at 100. You want 150. We'll slap it up on the MLS. You may be able to get that. And then at that point, sometimes you just don't make your money on a deal. Like, yeah. So I've had a couple of deals just... where it's like, you know what? We like this buyer. They bought several deal, deals from us before. They're the only offer. Let's just sell it to them and we'll make like a thousand bucks on this deal. You know, let's not. And that way you help the seller out because you don't want to hold up the seller for three months and piss them off either. Because right. a lot of times they're in a tight spot. They might lose their house and get nothing. So you want to actually you know, stick with your word and help them out as well because they're yep. usually in a tight spot. Gotcha. So then you moved to Denver. And then what are you doing now that's exciting? Is it the same kind of thing, wholesaling? Or are you doing some other things with real estate? Yeah, man. Great question. So I am a connector. That's what I look at myself as, right? The podcast. I make friends super easily. My fiance got a job because I talked to this guy in a hot tub at a sports recovery place and like literally <laughs> connected the dots. And that's how the magic happens, just relationships and networking and not even really looking for it sometimes. But I do have my Texas real estate license. I have two clients closing in Houston virtually next week. So that's still working for me, but I can also capitalize by getting referral commissions honestly across the globe, but I'm focusing on just the US. So I had a buyer who bought a house in Seattle, for example. I've never been to Seattle. I talked to the buyer. I interviewed a couple of realtors out there, connected the dots. The realtor did all the showings. He did the closing. He made like 11,000. I made three just for sending it over. So 3K, if I could do that five times a month you know, consistently, yeah. that's the hard part. You're always on the hamster wheel generating leads and trying to yeah. get your business. But that's the model where I'm like, that's super scalable. I can just have realtors across the nation helping clients out. As long as I'm the source of those leads, I can get a referral commission on the back end, which has been working out for me. Right. So, but that again, you're still on the hamster wheel. So, what's the vision yeah. for the future to avoid that and to scale out? Like, what is really got, what do you have your sights on for the future? Man, that is a great question. That is the struggle because now I'm like, okay, I got a high paying job. I know how to close deals. Like, one deal next week is going to be a 12K commission. Mm-hmm. Um, that one kind of fell on my lap. So it is a hamster wheel, but it's still not requiring a whole lot of my time, which is a beautiful part. I've automated a lot in between. I've got people to show houses for me. I've got someone to write up the contracts for me. But I want to take all that, that cash and obviously invest into more investments that have cash flow, rental properties. We just moved out here recently. So I didn't know the market. I figured let's rent for a year. But yeah. we're pre approved. We're looking for duplexes. We want to live in one side, do the house hacking thing, Airbnb out the other side where we're living for free. Maybe clearing a couple thousand bucks a month on that single duplex and yeah. just repeat that process, right? So and are you licensed? Are you licensed in Colorado? So I signed okay. up for the school, but part of me is like, you know, I don't really want to because it goes against my bigger vision. I don't want to just yeah. be a realtor on the hamster wheel in Denver, and then yeah. in five years, if I want to move to like Indonesia for fun, 
I don't, you know, everything dries up. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to build it in a global sense from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. And then who are you with right now? Like you have your license with Texas license or no? Um, I'm, with, I'm with Keller Williams out in uh, in Houston. Yeah. Memorial okay, area. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. But what about building up a real estate team, dude? Like what about building out That's your own true, team? That's true, man. That's true. And then and then if you want to go that to, idea. If you want to go to Bali, you go to Bali, you want to go wherever you want to go, but you build up a team and then eventually you build the team so big that you don't have to do your own deals. That's exactly right. So I, I am doing that it. a little bit, but I guess, I don't know if it's a millennial thing or just a mindset thing. I got to shift it. I think a lot of us, right? Millennials have commitment. I saw a funny reel yeah. on Instagram. It's like, so you want this and it's pointing at like house. It's like, well, you got to do this. And it said commitment. And then like the, the millennials like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but dude, like, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Cause like you got, yeah. you got the ability to do it. And like, Man, I mean, write that down, man. If I had to go, well, see, the reason I say this is like, I was a loan officer. I was a real estate agent first, actually. Then I was a loan officer. And then I'm like, this is not big enough game for me. And then I started building a team. And then before you know it, we had 50 employees and I don't do loans anymore. So, right. Yeah. And so I can, I can do other things to benefit everything. Like I'm in tech now, I'm doing, you know, the podcast, I wrote a book, all that stuff, but I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't build that team out. It took work. Right, it takes commitment, it takes time, but at the end of the day, right? If you do, if you do things the right way, man, like shoot, you set up mission, core values, and then uh, make sure yeah. everybody aligns with that, and then you roll, dude. I mean, I, that's me. 100%. But I, I, I'm just throwing us out there as uh, as something maybe to. No, I love to help that, you. man. I pr- I appreciate that for sure. I wrote it down. Build a team. You know, I can I can still go anywhere. I can build that business and live virtually anywhere I want in the world. I have something up on the whiteboard. I mean, I I wanted I wanted to launch a course or membership community like a year ago. I just saw the memory come up. I did like a little webinar thing, but so many people have been like, dude, you got to teach people how to do this. There's so many agents out there that are doing every showing, every open house, every single mm-hmm. thing. And they're spending six hours where you've, you've outsourced it all and you're getting the same result, same five-star review from the client without ever yeah. leaving the house. Yeah. So that's on, my, that's on my mind as well as just having some sort of membership community to teach others how, I've, how to do what I've done. Yeah. And that could also be the scalable piece where you know, people have like a recurring monthly fee. We've got trainings and bring in people. So that's like part of the vision. I just got to get my own organized self to focus and like plan it out, execute, right? That's the hardest part. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. uh, Yeah. The action, right? Yeah. So what? as far as my audience, how can they engage with you or find you? Like what's the best place to- Yeah, I'm most active on uh, Instagram. So chrisbello underscore is my handle or my website, chrisbello.com. You can check out the podcast, um, connect with me, you know, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'll reply- pretty quickly in most cases. I'm happy to help however I can, man. And I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for coming on. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. And uh, look, dude, if you ever need anything, all you got to do is reach out, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a helper. So I'd uh, love to help you Likewise. in any way I can. So you guys have been thank listening so to the... Thank you, man. You've been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, The Unstoppable, Mike C-Rock. Chris Bello is on his way to being unstoppable. He's just getting started though. He's a young pup still, but look at that young face, man. Really, look at him. He's got so much time and and like just to just blow up, and I know he's going to. But go support him. Go check him out on Instagram, and keep coming back to the What Do You Made Up podcast. Bring your friends, family, coworkers, everybody, and get subscribing on their favorite podcast platform. And just one other thing: go check out that Blueprinted app. The Blueprinted platform is results oriented, step by step guides to achieve anything you want. That's b l o o printed dot com forward slash vip. If you're a creator, expert, or know how to do something, go check it out. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, 
and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.